What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rest of Season Rankings Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Seifter, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Bart Wheeler, who is dealing with a little bit of a, what is it, a sore throat? I don't know what's going on. He sounds like Barry White tonight, so he's he's always, we both have pretty low baritone voices, but Bart's is a little extra low this evening for your enjoyment. How you doing, Bart? You holding in okay? Yeah, I'm good, but yeah, it's a, it's a whole different level. I was uh, practicing my oh yes before we got started here, and there's there's it's 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 another level of deep but yeah it's it's not so much sore throat it's just the congestion i don't know what happened man i went to north carolina this weekend near the mountains and i don't know i guess maybe i just like caught a cold as they say or something i have no idea i thought the air was like crisper and cleaner up in the mountains i don't know how that works but <laughs> you know, know we're like the we're like the mailman here we you know what rain or shine sore throat oh yeah flu cough whatever i you know I famously recorded one of our episodes with COVID and uh, that, you know, could barely get bronchitis through the end too, of that right? show. <laughs> yeah, bronchitis uh, too, I think. Yeah, bronchitis. Uh, <laughs> none of it stops us because we are here for the people at ROS Rankings, Rest of Season Rankings podcast. And speaking of which, uh, it is Monday night here on the East Coast. We've got Monday Night Football going on. Um, the Eagles and the Commanders as we speak and we are going to recap every Week 10 game. It was a pretty wild week in the NFL. Um, lots of injury news and mm-hmm. un, you know uncertain status of players going into kickoff of the games. We had probably the game of the year with the Bills and the Vikings. We had probably the catch of the year in that game oh, by yeah. Justin Jefferson. <laughs> uh, so it was it was a good week of football, but. Um, you know, we're kind of licking our wounds here from some some injury stuff as well. So we'll get to all that. Uh, of course, uh, we will also be digging into the waiver wire. And I think it's a pretty good week on the waiver wire, both as the injury fallout, but also just some emerging younger players, I think, as well. So a lot to get to uh, there as, uh, after, after the recap. So why don't we just jump right into it? Yeah, let's do it, Andrew. All right. So we will start, as we always do, with Thursday Night Football. It was the Panthers 25 and the Falcons 15. And, you know, Deonta Foreman had a a quiet game uh, the week before last, but he got back on track in a big way in this game. 31 carries, 130 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, I believe this is his third time over 100 yards in the last four games. So... He's looking good. I mean, he's a bruiser. He's kind of like, um, a, a, almost like a, a lesser man's uh, Derrick Henry at this point. And, um, you know, he, he had an Achilles tear a few years back, and it's been a long road back. But he really seems to be back at this point and uh, kind of running away with that backfield from Chuba Hubbard at this point. Um, so it seems like Foreman, uh, now he's not he's not a big uh factor in the passing game so they will need to have favorable game script or keep things close I think for Foreman to fully uh perform but he's looking like he at least in favorable matchups is a pretty solid RB2 option would you agree yeah and uh you know the Panthers haven't really done a whole lot of throwing to the the, the backs anyway and you got Baker Mayfield starting this week instead of uh, PJ Walker so like the dump offs aren't having happening really regardless so if he's if he's getting this kind of volume yeah he's a rock solid RB2 rest of the way yeah, I, I'm a little concerned about Mayfield and what that might mean for the offense as a whole. Um, <laughs> he was pretty bad uh, before, and it's not like P.J. Walker was a 
a lifesaver or anything like that. But I think he was better for this offense uh, than yeah. than Mayfield. But you know, Sam Darnold is healthy now too. So if Mayfield doesn't uh, move the move the offense, uh, we could see a pretty short uh, line of uh, job security for him, and it could be Darnold actually finishing out the year. So could be. the the wheel keeps turning with the, with the Panthers quarterback carousel. Um, as far as the receivers go, not not a lot there um, in this game for Carolina. I do think the one guy that might benefit from uh, Baker Mayfield could be Terrace Marshall Jr. just because uh, Mayfield plays a little YOLO ball and throws it down the field mm-hmm. a bit. So maybe maybe that would benefit Marshall uh, some, but I don't I don't know. I think it's generally a bad thing for uh, the offense as a whole with Mayfield. Certainly not a, wouldn't be great news for DJ Moore who. Uh, had a disappointing outing in this game, just four catches for 29 yards against that really soft Falcons secondary. Yeah, and, I'm, and the bigger picture here too for the NFL is really like, who wants to win this division? And I know we'll get to the Bucks in a minute, um, but you know the Falcons lose this game. They could have easily lost the first matchup with the Panthers as well, um, which would have you know had these two teams having flipped records. I don't really know. I mean, maybe the Bucks really are just the best team in the division and ultimately will win it, but. You know, for fantasy on the Falcons side, they they continue to have a run-heavy attack, but in this game, they just couldn't really get things going. And, you know, in Caleb Huntley, we were wondering, like, how the the snaps would, would, you know, be dealt out, who would get the carries, and it was kind of even, you know, (laughs) around, like, the three guys, Caleb Huntley, Algier, Cordero, even Avery Williams got mixed in. So, like, this wasn't Cordero Patterson getting 60-70%, and then the rest of the guys getting sprinkled in. It was just kind of a headache for fantasy, you know? Yeah, it's very chaotic. Avery Williams has a very strange role in this offense. He's like a designated two-minute drill running back. Mm-hmm. He doesn't yeah. play at all at any other time except in the two-minute drill. And he ended up uh, padding his stats at the very end of this game uh, in the the most trashy of garbage time, <laughs> uh, the final play of the game, and picks up a bunch of yardage to make his stat line look uh, ultimately as good or better than the other <laughs> running backs in this game. Right. Cause it was like you mentioned a tough game all around for the Falcons running backs, but it does seem like they are going to continue to run the ball. So um, at least they have that going for them. But yeah, if it's a, if it's a three or even four man committee, uh, it's going to make it hard for Cordero Patterson to uh, return that RB two value that we're hoping for. So uh, hopefully things can streamline a little bit going forward. And then of course, Drake London gets in the end zone in this game, but still mm-hmm. only 38 receiving yards for him. Uh, Kyle Pitts continues to rack up the air yards, but not the actual yards. Uh, right. Two catches, 28 yards. So uh, it's kind of more of the same there with the passing game. I mean, Mariota is probably the the best fantasy option on this team right now, <laughs> believe it or not. And he's only like a top 15 running uh, quarterback, I should say. Yeah, and I think Cordero Patterson, you know, there will be days where he'll, where he'll like, because he had a really good game his first game back, and this one, they were in kind of negative game script. You, you mentioned Pitts and Drake London. They had eight and six targets, respectively, which is probably, I mean, that's the most they've had in a while. Um, so they were, get, you know, Mariota was throwing the ball a little bit more. I think in some games we'll see a little bit more running. We'll see Cordero Patterson getting getting going a little bit more. Yeah, I wouldn't bail on him or anything. I still I still have some hope he can, he can return RB2 value, but you would like to see um, either Algier snaps drop or Huntley and Avery Williams to just uh, get out of the picture completely. <laughs> yep. All right, moving on to Sunday's games. We'll start with uh, the Dolphins whitewashing the Browns 39-17. to 17. This game was never really competitive. Um, 
Dolphins, you know, it's really interesting with the backfield. I mean, Jeff Wilson with a huge game, 17 carries, 119 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, he also added 24 yards on two catches. So he's really looking like a strong option. He played twice as many snaps in this game as Raheem Mostert. Uh, but Mostert still had a fine game, too. Eight carries, 65 mm-hmm. yards, and a TD. And he caught four balls for 22 yards. So, uh, you know, in my Fantasy Pros column this week, I said the answer to Jeff Wilson or Raheem Mostert is yes. Because <laughs> this is a arguably uh, one of the best offenses, uh, if not the best offense in the league right now. They've scored over 30 points, three straight games now. And we've seen it with the passing game before, but now the running game is starting to really get going, which is what we expected coming into the year from a Mike McDaniel offense uh, coming from the Shanahan San Francisco uh, coaching tree. And I feel like Wilson is looking like an RB2 at this point, but I still feel like Mostert could be an RB3 flex option as well, especially uh, when the matchups are looking good like this one against Cleveland was. Yeah, I think Mike McDaniel just needed to get his San Francisco running back room in order, and then he could just do things like he did. And uh, yeah, it's it's nice uh, for fantasy. You can just start both guys, uh, I think. Uh, like in this game, I think they're they're not going to do this every game, but I think they're going to be very productive. Um, this is, like you said, this is kind of what we thought it would be coming into the year. But every time we saw Chase Edmonds run the ball, it's like he was running in mud and just wasn't used very well. I think this trade for fantasy purposes is looking really good uh, right now, bringing Jeff Wilson in and shipping Chase Edmonds out. Yep. And then the passing game, what, what else can we say? I mean, I, I took the L on Tua a long time ago, but he just keeps uh, doing even better than I ever could have expected. Another three-touchdown game. Uh, interestingly, he spread the ball around a lot more this game than, than he typically does. Uh, both Waddle and Hill um, not getting as many catches or yardage as, as you typically expect from them. Uh, but I would I wouldn't read too much into that. That's probably like a, a one game anomaly uh, until we see it happen again. Yeah, and then for your your Browns, you you know you mentioned this game was never really a game, but you know Nick Chubb he can he found the end zone. He still had a solid game, even caught some balls. So I mean Nick Chubb is just I mean he's just rock solid RB one. You know top ten running back. I don't I don't care if he's getting it's just, it's just it doesn't matter what the game script is. Uh, he's great, and then I think Kareem Hunt is the guy in the in the backfield where it's sort of like. He's just had so many of these duds. You know, we've seen Tony Pollard emerge and get the chance with Zeke getting injured and things, but Kareem Hunt just really hasn't had that. He's had like one or two okay games this year, and not, that's really it. He just hasn't done much this year, you know? Yeah, he had two touchdowns in week one, and it's kind yeah. of been a disappointment since then. Um, it's Yeah, it's, it's different than last year. I mean, last year I think, uh, well, Chubb was still great. Uh, Hunt was consistently giving you Maybe maybe there was still a little bit of boom and bust in his game, just based on the nature of his role. But there were a lot more booms uh, last season, and yeah. the floor was higher. I mean, now the floor is is you know in the basement uh, for Kareem Hunt. So uh, the gap has widened significantly between Chubb and Hunt to the point where Chubb is that every week top five fantasy back, and Hunt is really more of an RB three flex than than an RB two at this point. Yeah, and I know Amari Cooper was a little disappointing in this game, but we talked about Donovan Peoples-Jones, I think, in the last two waiver wire shows. Definitely highlighted him quite a bit in the last show, um, and he had five catches for 99 yards, nine targets. Uh, he's just he, he, he was getting peppered with targets on a couple drives, so it's just good to see. And then for Cooper, I mean, you know, he'll have some games like this. That's fine, and help is on the way with Deshaun Watson, too. I think we're going to have some good games uh, for both of these guys down the stretch, so 
Uh, we'll talk about Donovan Peoples Jones again. I assume in the <laughs> when we get to yeah. I don't know. I don't know like what we have to say to get him uh, get yeah. his roster ship rate up. I, I would guess this game might finally do the trick, and you almost got 100 yards in this game. Um, Cooper has been putting up less good numbers on the road this season, but I I don't know <laughs> if there's anything to read into that. I mean, is he just going out and enjoying the nightlife on the road? I, I don't know. <laughs> probably not. It's probably just statistical noise. Um, I'm still co- confidently starting him as a wide receiver too, but it is games like this that remind you that he is more of a, a wide receiver two than a wide receiver one probably. Um, yep. And uh, yeah, I mean, Brissett, uh, not, not the greatest game, but you know, he's, in, in the super flex leagues, you can keep firing him away for two more games until Deshaun Watson comes back. And then we'll just have to see how Watson impacts this offense. Does he uh, lift Cooper up higher at jo- people's Jones's expense, or does it just lift all boats? I mean, if the offense really starts cooking, uh, if Watson looks like he did in his peak uh, Texans days, then it's going to be good news for the entire offense. I think. Yep. Well, we skipped over the Munich game. We got to go back to Germany here. Oh, uh, and do my, Buck my, Seahawks. My, my apologies. I just had the Browns game set on ESPN. <laughs> it's all right. On to go first. So yeah, I do, there was a great, uh, great atmosphere there in Munich. They did a fantastic rendition of uh, "Country Road" by John Denver. Mm-hmm. They did some uh, "Sweet Caroline." It, it, just uh, you know, and, and and I saw these people on Twitter just so impressed and amazed by it. And I said, you know what? If you like that. Start watching European soccer because it's like that <laughs> yeah. every weekend, man. The the crowds at these matches are truly incredible. Uh, I've been to some big ones in England, not in Germany, but um, it's all the the singing and all of that is just uh, it it gives you chills. It's a lot of fun yep. to be in that in that atmosphere. So uh, maybe maybe we'll start seeing more of that in American stadiums after uh, this Munich game got all the uh, attention it got this week. Yeah, I feel like Seattle would be a good place for it. Honestly, there's a you know kind of a good soccer town with the Sounders there and everything. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like watch watch soccer, guys. Um, yeah. I guess big big takeaways from this game. So it was 21 16, uh, Tampa. The big news here was Rashad White actually got the start in this game, and Leonard Fournette got injured. Now the Bucks are on their bye now in Week 11, uh, and it doesn't sound like it's going to be anything serious. But I mean, we'll talk about Rashad White when we get to. Uh, waiver wire again um we've talked about him probably every week for the last like two months but at this point you can pretty much you know use all your fab for him uh spoiler alert getting ahead to the end here but like Rashad White's a guy you should have had already but now's the time to just go ahead and spend it you know yeah I mean this was his breakout game going over 100 yards rushing uh it was a weird weird day for Leonard Fournette I mean he almost missed the trip completely to Germany because his passport, he needed a replacement passport and it was delayed in the mail because of the weather. Uh, so he got it just in time to make the, the flight over to Germany uh, and then gets benched, which I don't know, maybe that's because of the passport issue or maybe it's because he just has been averaging three yards of carry for the last two months. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but White gets the start. But then Fournette, um, comes in and actually plays more than White for a while. He scores a short rushing touchdown, throws a ridiculous interception trying to on a trick play where he was trying to pass to Tom Brady. Uh, absurd yeah. play. Um, and it then fell on his face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, as you mentioned, he leaves the game with a hit pointer. So um, it's hard to know exactly what's going to happen going forward with this backfield. But I, to me, it feels similar to the Dallas backfield uh, with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. So uh, 
imagine if Tony Pollard was on the waiver wire, how much would you bid for him? <laughs> uh, that gives you a sense of how you should prioritize Rashad White. Uh, yeah, I think it's a good call. Yeah, and then in terms of the receiving game, Chris Godwin finally gets in the end zone, uh, which is nice. So does Julio Jones. Uh, so Tom Brady actually throws two touchdown passes for just the Ooh. second time this season. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, you know, nothing nothing massive for the Tampa Bay passing game, but uh, it was a step in the right direction, I would say, against a tough Seattle secondary. And then um, I will say on, on a more of a bummer note, uh, Cam Brate did return, which uh, cut Kate Otten's snaps significantly. So uh, I might look away from Otten as a tight end streamer uh, going forward. Yeah, and Mike Evans, you know, he hasn't scored a touchdown. I'm just looking at his game log last six games so i mean the targets have oh, been there the due. usage is there what's that he's due he is he is due i mean mike this is a guy who has had, had double digit touchdowns in a lot of a lot of seasons so like he is due um but yeah it's it's just been he, he he's, he's getting your owner's owner fantasy manager's points but it's just been he's been held out of the end zone maybe maybe tom brady will get things going he's two and oh since he's been divorced uh getting things getting things moving here you know yeah there you go. <laughs> and then on the seattle side um you know, uh, Kenneth Walker had a disappointing game statistically, uh, but I actually think it was an encouraging game for him in terms of his rest of season outlook because uh, couldn't get anything going on the ground, but he caught six balls for 55 yards in this game, and he had not yeah. been getting a lot of involvement in the passing game prior to this. I believe his target share in this game was twice as high as it had been in any game previously, uh, up at twenty, almost 25% in this game. Um so that's really good news for him because, uh, you know, I think as we've talked about on the show before, he's a little bit of a boomer bust uh, running back. Just one of those guys that can get stuffed a lot at the line of scrimmage and then bust off a 70-yard touchdown run. And uh, yep. there will be some games where that 70-yard touchdown run doesn't happen, like in this game, for example. So it's nice when he can pad his stats with some receptions like he did in this game. Yeah, give you that floor, which is nice. Exactly. I Agree with you completely. I don't have a whole lot to say about the receivers. You know, Metcalf and Lockett. Uh, Lockett found the end zone. DK didn't. But you just you start both those guys moving forward. And, uh, you know, like better days will be ahead for Walker, too. Yeah. I'm a little bummed I dropped Marquise Goodwin in my rankings over at Fantasy Pros because I saw that he was questionable for this game. I thought maybe he wouldn't be that healthy and maybe D. Eskridge would get more run. Instead, it was D. Eskridge that wasn't healthy. And Goodwin ends up catching a touchdown. So there you go. Oh. <laughs> All right, next game. Uh, this was the game of the of the week and maybe the game of the year. Uh, Vikings 33, Bills 30 in overtime. I mean, just a wild game. The, uh, <laughs> the Bills led by 17 points in the second half. Minnesota comes all the way back, uh, and they have a chance uh, to take the lead late, uh, but they get stuffed at the goal line on fourth down. Kirk Cousins just inches short of the goal line. Bills take over in the final minute. Uh, the Bills Twitter account, I believe, tweeted out that it was game over. And uh, <laughs> then Josh Allen fumbles the snap in the end zone. Uh, the Vikings recover for a touchdown to take the lead. This is all with under a minute left, all of this yeah. happening. And then then the, the Bills drive down the field in 30 seconds, uh, aided by a blown call by the officials that they later owned up to that Gabe Davis had actually not caught the ball, but it was not reviewed. And Bills kick the field goal, go to overtime, uh, and then in overtime, Vikings add another field goal, and and then Josh Allen gets picked in the end zone to end the game. Uh, 
just a, a wild game of two Super Bowl contenders. Maybe we get a rematch of this game uh, in the Super Bowl. Uh, I, I'm sure neutral observers would be very interested <laughs> to see that. Yeah, especially me. I've got some money on that from preseason. We've talked about that a little bit. I like this matchup. I'd like the Bills to win. I had them... I mean, imagine having money on this game, too, like with, with all that going down. I mean, that was a very good summary of how wild it was. And yeah, I thought the Bills had it. And then the fumble, it was just like, oh, my gosh. And then you have life like, oh, no, it's not over. It was so many emotions in that game. And then the Dustin Jefferson catch that was on fourth and 20 or something to like keep them in the game. I mean, that like let it all that off. It was probably the catch of the year. So just this game had it all. And it, even if you just flipped it on in the fourth quarter, uh, you got to see some of the best football <laughs> you're going to see all year. Yeah, for um, sure. Uh, as far as like Josh Allen goes, I mean, that was another one of the big storylines because he's dealing with this elbow injury. And it was, you know, all week we heard that the Bills were taking it hour by hour in terms of whether he would play or not. And they really milked that for all that it was worth. Uh, we saw that they did not elevate a third quarterback to the active roster. You learn that on Saturday. So then you say, mm -hmm. okay, it looks like he's going to be active. But is he going to be starting or is he going to be the emergency backup quarterback? Because that's something teams sometimes will do. And we saw him not come out for warm-ups. <laughs> uh, and everyone started freaking out on Twitter. Um, and then it was only about 23 minutes before kickoff that we officially got word that he would start this game. And, uh, he, you know, I mean, a lot of turnovers. Two picks for the third game in a row for Josh Allen. He's thrown some bad ones, too. Last week against the Jets, he threw a really bad pick. Um, of course, he had the fumble in this game as well. So I kind of feel like he's still getting it done for fantasy. Um, he ran for 84 yards in this game. So that alone is going to make sure he has a decent fantasy line. But um, I kind of feel like Josh Allen is just doing too much he's trying to do too much right now yeah. and it's like it, he could be at a breaking point if he if he doesn't um take it a little easier here yeah and this this pick at the end of this game was pretty inexcusable because this is one that you just have to either check it down throw it away whatever you cannot force that you know because it's like at worst they can get a field goal and extend the game or even get a tie or whatever but you cannot do what he did so that was yeah, it was yeah and terrible. when he threw the previous pick, he tried to punch the ball out and injured himself further. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, he was down on the field in, in pain after trying to punch the ball out with his injured arm. I just, I don't, I, some, you know, some of these quarterbacks think that they're superhuman. And, uh, you know, it's like you teach the quarterbacks to get out of bounds and not take hits and to slide and all that. I think Josh Allen needs to learn some of those lessons uh, or he might have to learn them the hard way. Yeah, well, you mentioned that Gabe Davis catch. Um, that that was good for his for his stat line. He went for six for ninety three. He did have a touchdown. I think he was actually the target of that that last potential touchdown, which could have won it. Uh, where Allen did throw the pick, so he had a he had a good game. Diggs had a really good game, even though he didn't score. Twelve catches for one twenty eight, and no touchdown. So, mm -hmm. um, and, all, and more your boy Devin Singletary, two yep. rushing touchdowns. Uh, that's Absolutely. something we don't see from the Bills very often. So maybe. Maybe that was something that was related to Josh Allen's health, that they ran the ball a little bit more down at the goal line uh, with, with someone other than Allen. Uh, right. Because we'll Allen, Allen had gotten like so many touchdowns, like pretty much almost every single touchdown the Bills had before this week was Josh Allen. You know, it was just Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Josh Allen. So, yeah, that was something good to see. And then, yep. you know, for the Vikings side, Kirk Cousins, he had a couple interceptions himself, um, but had a pretty good game statistically as far as like, for fantasy, 357 yards, uh, a touchdown to Jefferson, Jeff Justin Jefferson, but it was 
you know, Jefferson, who had the huge game, 193 yards and that touchdown. Dalvin Cook broke off a huge touchdown run, which, you know, really saved or made, I shouldn't say saved, I should say it made his fantasy day. Um, but he, he looked pretty good too out there. Yeah, for sure. It's, you know, it's, it's kind of more of the same as always with the Vikings. Just, uh, we, we, we know what to expect with this team, although it, I guess Adam Thielen is the one guy who could be trending down a little bit with Hawkinson there now and uh, Osborne getting 11 targets in this game. Uh, yeah, that was surprising. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one other quick note on Buffalo. Naheem Hines only played five snaps on offense in this game. Uh, mm. He played behind not only Devin Singletary, not only James Cook, but also Duke Johnson uh, in terms <laughs> of touches. Um, was ahead of Naeem Hines. So, you know, there had been some rumors circulating that the Bills might have acquired Naeem Hines to be a, a punt returner. And given the low price they paid, like that seems like a plausible thing to me that maybe yeah, uh, maybe they did really just get him to be a, a kick returner. So I I don't have a problem dropping him in fantasy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with that. All right, uh, next game. Another pretty wild one. Lions 31, the Bears 30. Uh, I mean, we, of course, could start with Justin Fields, even though the Bears lost. I mean, what he's doing is just unreal right now, setting all kinds of records. Um, I had some stats in my in my Fantasy Pros article about it uh, this week. He um, gained 132 yards on 10 designed runs in this game, which is the most by a QB since Next Gen Stats has been tracking that stat in 2016. He also tied a record for uh, consecutive games with at least 60 rushing yards and a touchdown for a quarterback. Uh, so, uh, you know, what I said in the article is that he's giving off Lamar Jackson 2019 vibes, and that's Definitely. that's kind of where I'm at with Justin Fields at this point. Like, I to me, he's a, a top-four fantasy quarterback now. Like, it's, it's only... Allen, Mahomes, and Hurts that I would uh, potentially put above him. Yeah, I had someone uh, ask me a trade offer today. They said, so they have Lamar and A.J. Brown, and someone offered them Justin Fields and D.K. Metcalf. And I said, well, I think I would just stay tight, keep Lamar. You know, Fields can't keep up this pace, but, like, you know, these are the types of trade offers that are probably going down. Like, Justin Fields is, you know, looking like that league winner. Um, But if you put it in a vacuum of a trade that's happening right now, you know, we have our rest of season rankings and stuff. I'm going to move Fields up, but he's going to be right there with uh, a Lamar. So I don't know that I would take a, what I perceive as maybe a little bit of a downgrade from A.J. Brown to D.K. Metcalf. But, you know, yeah, Lamar, I mean, Lamar yeah. and Fields are very close. It's yeah, um, I just like the way that they're using Fields. And, I, you know, Lamar, it's not like he's not running, but it, it's, it just seems like Fields is running even more than Lamar right now. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, um, and then uh, the backfield with the Bears, uh, Khalil Herbert uh, gets one more carry than David Montgomery. It's the second time in three weeks he's had one more carry than David Montgomery, but he did leave this game with a hip injury, so mm-hmm. that's something we'll have to just keep an eye on. Um, I, you know, I'm not sure the, the the balance of power has really shifted in that backfield. It's it still seems like, uh, you know, pretty much what Matt Eberflus to, told us about a month ago. It's going to be a hot hand approach there's not a lot of predictability there but both guys are on that kind of our high-end rb3 uh range yeah and montgomery's day would have looked a lot different had he got a one-yard touchdown plunge there which i don't know if you saw the play but aiden hutchinson kind of came off the edge oh yeah baby went behind 
Yeah, went behind the like the entire offensive line and just single-handedly dragged David Montgomery to the ground. So that was a great play, it which was. doesn't you know it just doesn't get talked about really in fantasy circles. Uh, you know, but like as far as real football plays, like wow, that was incredible to watch real time. And yeah, he could have had a touchdown there if there wasn't that freak of nature on the other side of the the ball there. Absolutely. So his, yeah, point. his day could have looked a little bit a little bit different. Yeah, and then um, Cole Komet, two touchdowns. He's got yeah, five touchdowns in the last three games, I believe, uh, which is crazy. Incredible. Because this is a guy who had uh, been in- extremely unlucky in terms of touchdowns for the first year and a half of his career, essentially, um, going back to the beginning of last season. Uh, just all the metrics suggested he was due for some positive touchdown regression. And in, in a three-game span, it's gone the opposite direction, where now he's due for some negative regression in terms of touchdown pace. <laughs> yeah. Um, where where would you rank Cole Komet as a tight end option for the rest of the season? I mean, rest of the season, I haven't really you know looked at this week, but he's definitely moving up my rankings. Like I was already looking at my Week 11 rankings, and I have to move him. Definitely inside the top 10, but he's creeping up into top five. So I think rest of the season, he's going to be sort of in that seven, you know, six, seven range because, you know, tight end. The, the, the story of tight end is like after some of these guys, like, you know, we got Goddard playing tonight. You mentioned Hawkinson. Uh, Kittle did not have a very good game this week, uh, last night. And, you know, even after those guys who we think of as being kind of rock solid, you've got guys like Komet and he's emerging. So, yeah, he's, he's moving up. He's moving up my board. Yeah, I mean, the the concern, of course, is that this still remains, despite what Justin Fields is doing, this remains an extremely run-heavy team. Fields only mm-hmm. threw 20 passes in this game, completed only 12. Uh, so it's going to be hard for Komet to produce if he doesn't score touchdowns. Like, he's extremely touchdown-dependent. Uh, but because it's tight end, I think that's enough to um, to put him in the top 12 for sure. I mean, we've seen guys like... Dawson Knox and Robert Tunyon, guys like that, uh, have really big fantasy seasons just purely based on touchdowns. So it can be done. Um, but I don't know. I, he might be a little bit of a sell high if, if somebody is like buying in that he's this double-digit touchdown monster now. I, it, you know, I, uh, There is going to be some regression there probably. Yeah, if you can sell a high on him, uh, that's not a bad idea. Like I said, he's moving up my rankings, but that's true. Like, thing is, he did he did have seven targets in this, and he had four catches. So this is... Like, without the touchdowns is more like what I thought Cole Komet would be this year, where he would be better in half PPR and PPR. Uh, maybe he wouldn't get the touchdowns, but now the touchdowns are coming. So I think mm-hmm. this is showing his kind of top five upside, but I think his he's also showing his floor a little bit. You know, if you take away the touchdowns, he's still probably a top 12 t- uh, tight end in this game, you know? Yeah, no, just based on the state of the position, too. I mean, like, I would, you know, you think about some of the guys we've had ranked in our top 12 or top 10 uh, in yeah, recent gross. weeks. And, um, <laughs> like, he 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 can vault those guys pretty easily. So, um, you know, like Kyle Pitts. Would you take him over Kyle Pitts at this point? At this point, yeah. I mean, it's, it's yeah. pretty similar, right? Run-heavy offenses, but Komet's producing. So, yeah, sure. Exactly. Yep. All right. And then on the Detroit side of the ball, uh, DeAndre Swift continues to just <laughs> not get a ton of playing time. He got a little more than last week, but not – not nearly as much as you would want to see. Thankfully, he got in the, in the end zone, or else this would have been a real disastrous uh, game for him. Yep. Uh, but I, I almost wonder if Dan Campbell just likes having Jamal Williams be his lead back at this point. Like he's the bruiser, you know. Mm-hmm. Dan Campbell's this defensive-minded kind of tough, 
tough guy coach. He likes these guys, these bruiser backs. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe he sees Swift as more of a like niche player, you know, um, which is not what fantasy managers would like to see. Absolutely. And that seems to be the way it's going. And Jamal Williams has been scoring tons of touchdowns. So obviously, if you haven't been playing him now, I don't know what you're doing. Um, but he's having a James Conner type year from last year, you know, where he's just like the touchdowns. You have to play him. It's And he's getting a lot of volume, too. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Jamal Williams has been pretty pretty solid this year. Yeah, um, yep. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Yeah. 11 targets, 10 for 119. So, I mean, he's pretty much the like I was saying by by low on him. You know, coming into this game, did he did he leave uh, with an injury yeah. late in this one? Well, he he reaggravated his injury uh, in this game, but I don't I don't know if he actually uh, left the game with it. So it's going to be something where you know maybe that he has the adrenaline going in the game and uh, yeah and doesn't come out. But it's it's we're going to want to watch the practice reports this week because. Uh, I would expect he'll probably play, but there is at least a chance that he uh, ends up needing to miss a game um, with with that nagging injury. So yeah. just something Still, to keep an eye on. You might have another buy low opportunity if that's the case. Honestly, like if he's going to miss a game or two, maybe they'll rest him. But when healthy, this is what I was thinking he could do. You know, just target monster with Hawkinson gone. Yep, yep. And again, Jared Goff, I feel like is kind of trending down, and uh, just yep. not a guy that I would ever want to start on the road, uh, especially. Yep. Uh, all right, next game. Uh, Broncos lose to the Titans, seventeen ten Tennessee. Uh, I mean, the Broncos coming out of their bye still look terrible. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I I do feel like the Titans' defense is better against the pass than the numbers show because they started off the year real rough, but they've been much better for the last month or so. So um, you know, I had talked about in the last show that Russell Wilson had a soft schedule, rest of season schedule um this game might not have been as soft as the as the numbers would show but if he doesn't light it up against las vegas next week i think we can officially give up on (laughs) on russell wilson for the rest of 2022 so that's kind of like a final uh make or break uh, opportunity for him as far as i'm concerned but um but yeah i mean this offense just looks really really rough and uh jerry judy also leaves this game with a foot injury i guess it was like the back of his ankle uh, which is a strange injury, but um, it sounds like uh, it's not super serious, but I could see him missing a week or two. Yeah, and I mean, the, I guess that's maybe okay news for Cortland Sutton, who had 11 targets in this game. He had he didn't score. Uh, the lone score was that Jalen Virgil long touchdown, <laughs> which was pretty much all that Denver had to speak of on the day. Um, but otherwise, you know, Sutton looked better, getting the high-volume target, so he's going to have a really tasty matchup, like you mentioned with, with Vegas coming up. Like, that's a great matchup. He needs to smash Wilson. Russell Wilson needs to smash, or yeah, it's it's back to the waiver wire for Russell Wilson if if he doesn't do it next week. Yep, yep. Except in those super flex leagues where I'm stuck with him. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and then uh, yeah, Greg Dolchich, uh, disappointing outcome here, but that will happen. Yeah. I mean, he's a rookie tight end. You know, it's not every week can be golden. I certainly think if if Judy misses time, uh, then uh, not just Sutton but also Dolchich would stand to benefit. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, you know the Titans' defense being solid. I mean, Denver's defense is good themselves, and really all the Titans did. You know, Tannehill had those two touchdowns to Nikhil uh, Westbrook-Akine. So outside of that, like Derrick Henry didn't really get going. He had 19 carries for 53 yards, averaged 2.8 yards per carry, um, caught a couple passes. So this was not a good Derrick Henry game. 
And like I said, outside of those two touchdowns, like there was nothing going on here. This is a boring game, a lot of defense, a lot of punting. And uh, yeah, you know, we'll talk waiver wire, but like Westbrook Akine is someone who is not even in, he's definitely not in my top five wide receiver ads, even after no, a blow up game no. like this, similar to like I a, agree. I think Traylon Burks yeah. is the more interesting ad. Absolutely. Um, similar to like when it, Mac Hollins had a big game. I mean, guys are going to have big games and you have to like Marquise Goodwin, you mentioned earlier, like he had a big game. Uh, sometimes guys have either an opportunity to do so or just kind of go off and yeah, I wouldn't go chasing this. Not with this Titan offense. Yeah, I mean, Westbrook Akine has been a starter. He's been getting a lot of snaps, but that's been true all year, and this is uh, the first time he's really hit. So I, I, yeah. I would put it off as a, as a one-game anomaly. And uh, Derrick Henry's passing game usage is trending down again a little bit, which is a, a bit of a concern, but, um, you know, he's still, he's still a stud. Yeah, don't go uh, dropping Derrick Henry. Come on. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next game, Chiefs 27, Jaguars 17. And uh, a lot of interesting takeaways on the Chiefs side in this game, I would say. Uh, yeah. First and foremost, uh, Isaiah Pacheco, you know, they talked about him being the starter, quote unquote. That was like three weeks ago now. But I think <laughs> this game was the one where you really saw that um, come into play. Uh Clyde Edwards-Hilaire does not touch the ball a single time in this game. Pacheco plays more snaps than McKinnon and uh, CEH combined and turns it into 16 carries, 82 yards. So not massive numbers, but uh, 5.1 yards per carry. And, I, you know, they get the Chargers next week, so I feel like that could be the real Pacheco uh, breakout game uh, based on this kind of usage. If uh, if it's a game script where they're running the ball at all, like Pacheco um, could could explode at any moment, really. Yeah, and that's a you're right. That's a good matchup. He did fumble in the in the red zone in this game, um, so just something to keep an eye on. But I remember when Kareem Hunt, as a rookie, fumbled, and then in that same game, turned around and just had a great great game and never looked back. Um, so I wouldn't worry too much about that. But it makes yeah, me not he came wanna... right back in after that. Yeah, he didn't miss any. He didn't get benched or anything. Right. It makes me want to uh, just say, don't drop Clyde Edwards-Hilaire just yet, um, because there is value here. Um, if you know, in the next week or two, things turn, or if maybe the fumbles are an issue or something. But you're right. Pacheco's the starter right now. He's the guy to start. It's going to be a great matchup coming up, and. Edwards Lair just needs to be on your benches everywhere if he hasn't been already. I might be a little more open to dropping him than you are at this point, I think. But um, well, it's it's more just like I know that McKinnon's there as well, um, and there are some other like kind of direct handcuffs where you might want to drop him for like a Jalen Warren or definitely like a Rashad White, of course. Um, right. But but it just depends on who you're dropping him for, is all. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That's it's kind of like. Yeah, it's it's just the fact that there are three guys there, and he's the one that's not even <laughs> really playing yeah. at this point. Like, it's I, I, he's the the one. I, I mean, I, he is probably the the direct backup to Pacheco. So if Pacheco got hurt, like he would step into that role. So I guess there is a little bit of handcuff value in that sense. Um, yeah, and then and Christian then in Kirk. terms of the receiving core there for oh, yeah. the Chiefs, um, Juju Smith Schuster took a really nasty hit to the head yeah. in this game and had to come out of the game. Um, so he's in the con- concussion protocol now. And uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling also briefly left um, with an injury. Uh, Mikal Hardman missed this game after <laughs> we finally felt like he had arrived. Uh, I know. He misses the game with abdominal injury of some variety. Uh, so uh, last man standing, Kadarius Tony, And he <laughs> hops on, hops. I don't know if that was like – 
mocking the Giants or what, but he hops on one foot. Um, he was trying to stay in bounds, but hops on one foot into the end zone for a touchdown. Um, gets two carries uh, as well uh, in this game. So uh, they, they, they game plan the ball into his hands and good things happen. Um, I sort of feel like with the big picture with this uh, situation, though, it's still um, Travis Kelsey. And then if Juju's healthy, I think he's the other guy. And then it's it's really only room for one other guy. You know, it's Tony or MVS or Hardman that's going to be this like big play explosion guy. It could even be Sky Moore sometimes. But um, Tony has a chance to to uh, establish himself as that guy now with Hardman out. Um, so that's just something to watch. Yeah, I mean, if the if the Hardman injury is just like a one week deal, then it's it's getting messy quick. But then you know Juju, like yeah, that was a nasty hit. So I would expect him to miss a game or two. Uh, so it's a little bit un- unclear when we get to talking waiver wire. I mean, those are some some definitely some short term guys you can add. Uh, both Tony and MBS are are readily available, or at least I think M- MBS especially Tony. Well, we'll 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 get to it. Yep. Yep. And then on the uh, on the Jag side, you know Christian Kirk with a huge game, nine catches, hundred five yards, and two touchdowns. So he's trending up again. Uh, really, uh, you know the matchups are, have been a big thing for him, and this is an, was a, a more favorable matchup, and he delivered. He he's had some tougher matchups uh, over the last month or so, so his numbers had had lagged a little bit. But he's just sort of like the quintessential wide receiver too. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Travis Etienne. Uh, kind of a quiet game, at least based on what he's been doing lately. But still, you know, 11 carries for 45 yards. He he also got going a little bit in the passing game, catching three for 28. So uh, would have would have liked to have seen a little bit more there. You know, Jamichael Hasty had a catch. Uh, Jamal Agnew actually had three catches, getting mixed in a little bit. Um, also, just want to point out Evan Ingram had a touchdown called back. I think they had an ineligible man downfield on that play. I saw. Um, so he he was close to to finding the end zone after the week where I loved him. Um, but he's He's still in that top twelve conversation. Um, he I thought he was a little banged up in this game. I, I feel like he might well. Have... He came in with he came in with a back injury. He got he got a little bit banged up in week nine. Um, I don't know if he ended up leaving this game at all or not, but that may be an, an ongoing thing, right? If he's dealing with a back injury, yeah. But the fact he was played through it, he actually wasn't even listed on the injury report. I'm seeing coming into yep. this game, so should be okay. Yep. All right. Next game, uh, the Giants twenty four, the Texans sixteen. Uh, a little bit closer than uh, we might have expected, but uh, Giants pretty comfortably win this game. And, uh, you know, Saquon Barkley, no surprise there against the worst run defense in the league. Tears him up. 35 carries, 152 yards, and a touchdown. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, like, it, just that workload, I feel like, is, is the thing that jumps out to me. and Not the yeah. yards and the touchdown. The 35 carries is the thing that really jumps out. I mean, uh, for all the concern about Barkley as an injury risk and all that, clearly he's healthy right now, and he is handling the load. Yeah, and I mean, there's going to be games where Daniel Jones throws the ball more than 17 times uh, with different game scripts. Uh, Saquon's not going to get it 35 times every game, but I really liked Wandale Robinson coming into this game. Uh, but really, I mean, how are you going to have much of anything when, you know, you're only going to get two, three targets uh, for any receiver when Daniel Jones is only throwing it 17 times? So I, I do think Wandale is a hold if you picked him up off the waiver wire last week. Uh, still a nice speculative ad of someone who can have a good second half of the season. But, man, if we have more games like this, uh, it's going to be hard to break out and do that, you know? Yeah, it's been a little disappointing. I'm, I'm going to give him another week or two, but I'd like to see 
uh, more involvement. Darius Slayton might actually be the better option yeah. right now. I mean, he's had three be. good games in a row, uh, and four of his last five games have been good. So uh, we'll talk about him a little more in the waiver wire uh, as yeah. well. And then on the Texans side, I, I mean, you know, Damian Pierce week in and week out getting the job done. Uh, yeah. Davis Mills actually throws for over 300 yards in this game, but uh, it's to Jordan Akins and Chris Moore. I mean, ugh, barf. Like, I, <laughs> I just, I, I'm done with Brandon Cooks at this point completely. Like, I actually might prefer Nico Collins over him rest of season. Um, but big picture, like, if you can avoid starting Texans uh, receivers, I would do so. Yep, I think that's a good, yep, I agree. <laughs> okay. All right, next game. Uh, Steelers 20 and the Saints 10. Uh, I will let you kick it off here. Where do you want to start? All right, Steelers-Saints. Um, well, this one when we previewed it, I, I mean, I wasn't going out on any kind of limb there, but I, I did like the Steelers to win this game. Um, I thought we might see Jameis. Um, and, you know, we should Dalton have. Two- Maybe the I Saints know. would have a chance if they I know. made the switch. Just looking to see, like, you know, Dalton had two picks. I mean, he seemed to be kind of classic Dalton. Uh, you know, I guess it was 10 to 10 at halftime. So like that kind of kept Dalton in the game, right? If they were down 10, nothing or 14, three or something at half, maybe you would have seen Jameis. Um, but man, it's, I I don't know, like the takeaway for me here, uh, just in the game, I think is George Pickens. Uh, I think he's clearly overtaken Deontay Johnson for me. Like you mentioned how Kadarius Tony got a couple of carries, you know, Pickens did as well, had a had a rushing touchdown in this game and just, I know in the passing game, uh, Deontay had a little bit better box score, but I just think Pickens is the better playmaker, and I'm going to rank him higher rest of the season. Yeah, for me, those two are still neck and neck, really. I think I would uh, – I, I feel like Deontay Johnson is due for some uh, an uptake in his numbers, so mm-hmm. I still like him in PPR. I think Pickens is the better option in, in standard. Um, but to me, they're, they're neck and neck. Um, in an offense that's just kind of uh, not that impressive. Um, but, you know, we have been keeping an eye on Jalen Warren as well. And yeah. uh, he, um, he his playing time has been ticking up. But Najee Harris did have one of his better games of the season in this game. Uh, 20 carries, 99 yards for Najee. Um, so maybe he's... Uh, <laughs> Maybe he's stepping up with his job under threat. Uh, I still think Warren looks a little more explosive um, than than Harris, and certainly Warren is emerging as like a, a playmaker in the passing game. He caught three balls for forty yards in this game, um, but you know I think it's turning into closer to a sixty five thirty five or sixty forty kind of a committee. But it does still look like Harris is uh, is the lead back uh, and primary runner for now. It's funny how that works, right? That was another thing we talked about in the preview is like, was that just Tomlin trying to light a fire under his guy coming out of the bye week? And, you know, really both guys were, like you said, Najee, like Warren, both guys were relatively productive for fantasy purposes. So even if you were like in a desperate situation and plugged in Jalen Warren, you know, you got some, you got some points there too. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if that's like on the, on the Saints side, if you have a takeaway, like I think it's, <laughs> we mentioned Jameis. I feel like it's got to be Jameis time after this game, right? It better be. I mean, this offense is just gross right now. And yeah. I also don't understand why they're not using Taysom Hill more. I mean, like Dalton is just clearly like having him drop back to pass over and over again is not, is not doing anything for this team. And uh, they, they barely ran the ball at all in this game. I mean, Camaro only got eight carries for 26 yards 
you know, early in the year, they were also had Mark Ingram mixing in. Now they're not even mixing in a second running back. Jordan Howard had one carry for one yard. I mean, it, you know, it's just they're not running the ball. They're not passing effectively. Uh, they're not using Taysom en- enough. It's they need a total, a total revamp, honestly. And uh, <laughs> they don't even have their first round pick, so. It's um, it's ugly times with the Saints right now, to be honest. Yep. Well, I think Jameis would give him that revamp. And, you know, I don't know what that'll do to the offense, but I, Jarvis Landry is someone who was finally active in this game. And yep. I think, you know, it's someone with Michael Thomas out for the season, obviously, he might be someone who, who picks things up and gets things going if he can stay healthy, you know? Yeah, he's a sneaky pickup in deeper. I actually added him in uh, Scott Fishbowl last week uh, just because I, I needed help at wide receiver. And uh, yeah. I think he could... He has some possibility of uh, being a wide receiver three yep. uh, if if Jameis gets back in there. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, next game is the Colts 25 and the Raiders 20. Uh, this was a crazy uh, outcome. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the Colts, uh, during the week, they fire Frank Reich uh, and they replace him with Jeff Saturday, their former offensive lineman who has never coached in college or the NFL before, um, but he is a buddy of the owner, Jim Ursay, so that's good enough, apparently. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, in the first press conference, Saturday is asked who his quarterback is. He says it's Sam Ellinger. And then about an hour before kickoff, he decides, nah, actually, let's go back to Matt Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a buddy, actually. I told him I'd give him a shout-out on his bad beat. He lost his matchup this week because it's a super flex league and he had to start Sam Ellinger Ooh. and he didn't know that he wasn't actually starting. So, cause he gets alerts from Yahoo when his players are out, but yeah. Ellinger wasn't out. He was nope. just on the bench. So, uh, that's a, that's a rough one. Uh, and it's a reminder to always, uh, if you can, I mean, not everyone can live obs- obsessively with this stuff as we do, <laughs> but, uh, if you can check your lineups right up until 1 PM on Sundays, it's probably a good idea. Cause, uh, this kind of stuff can happen from time to time. It sure does. I mean, yeah, like not getting the alert, that that is a bummer because, you know, you may just want to set a set something on your Google calendar or something for 90 minutes before kickoff, you know, inactives are out and just take a quick check. But, yeah, you know, sometimes people are doing other things and obviously not obsessing over it like we are, like you said. But I will say, yeah. you know, Jeff Saturday, not scared, you know. He's not scared. And uh <laughs> Yeah, not he, he he doesn't have to use analytics cuz he's not scared. No. Uh, he knew to uh, I mean, it's you know, the the part that really galls me is that like he's a buddy of Ursay's and Ursay was the one that forced Frank Reich to bench Matt Ryan for Oh yeah. uh for for Sam Ellinger and then Saturday gets to make the, the obvious move to like put Ryan back in. I mean, if you're trying to like, if you're still trying to win games, like obviously Matt Ryan gives you a better chance, even at this stage of his career uh, where he's not nearly yeah. the player he once was, he still gives you a much better chance to win games than Sam Ellinger. So like, I'm not going to give Jeff Saturday that much credit for that. Uh, when I'm sure Frank Reich would have wanted to stick with Matt Ryan as well. Yeah. And that could even have been part of the deal. Like, look, you're coming on, Here's what I want you to do, <laughs> you know, buddy. Like, I want, wanted to get Matt Ryan back in there. Maybe it was an easy way for them to do that, to make a big switch, uh, able to get Matt Ryan back in there. But, you know, Jonathan Taylor, I think, is the big story here, looking more like, you know, the Jonathan Taylor of old, uh, getting 22 carries, 147 rushing yards, and a touchdown. Couple, caught a couple passes. Um, I do think that Michael Pittman 
uh, benefits from Matt Ryan being in there, but so does Paris Campbell. You know, he had nine nine catches here, seven for seventy six and a touchdown. So when we talk waiver wire, he's I can't remember if he's in my top five. We'll see when we get there, but he's he's definitely up there. Like he's yeah, he's, he's got, got at least seventy yards and a touchdown in each of his last three games with Matt Ryan and uh, That's Jonathan Taylor over a hundred yards and a touch and a touchdown for the first time since week one. So uh, it, it, he's been a pretty big bust for people that took him first overall, but I do think he's locked in now as a top 10 uh, fantasy running back uh, once again for the stretch run. Yep. Nice. If you were able to buy low on him or something. And then yep. the fact that the Raiders, you know, that, Josh McDaniels loses to this new coach, Jeff Saturday. And I mean, the Raiders are now two and seven. Their season is, it was already looking like it was done, but now it's, it's done, done. Um, But it's not done for guys like Josh Jacobs and Javante Adams. I mean, you can still start these guys with confidence and, and Foster Moreau had a solid game, caught it, caught a touchdown. Um, Who knows when Darren Waller will be back. I think he and Hunter Renfro both hit the IR. So Foster Moreau is a decent ad. If he's still out there in your leagues, we'll get the tight ends uh, in a bit when we talk waiver wire. Yeah, and you just got to feel for Derek Carr. He got really emotional talking after this game. Just uh, a nightmare season for him, and it's looking like it could be his last season as the uh, starting quarterback for the Raiders. Yeah. All right. Uh, next game, Packers 31 and the Cowboys 28. Um, the big story here, I think, has to be Christian Watson. Yeah. Four catches, 107 yards, and three touchdowns. Uh, is Aaron Rodgers finally getting the go-to receiver that he's been looking for all season long? Could be. I mean, like he's looking like, uh, yeah. I mean, I think you're definitely gonna add, try to add him in 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 leagues with Romeo Dobbs missing time. Um, there's there's no one who who would really emerge. Dobbs, I thought would, then he got injured. Uh, Watson finally uh, able to get healthy. Definitely had some concern with his concussion. Uh, you know, having a couple uh, recent here. So, like, there's always a chance of maybe sort of having that happen again. But, yeah, man, in the short term, I think fire him up. Try to get Christian Watson, and we'll talk about him in a bit with waiver wire. But, yeah, like, he's near the top of the list for me this week for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, he certainly got the quarterback to get him the ball and the weak competition for targets. Um, so, the upside is, is there. I, you know, it could go either way. I mean – um, he has had issues with drops, but drops aren't a really sticky stat for predicting future performance. So, um, you know, it's mostly just does Rogers have the trust in him? And I think it sounds like he does. I mean, after, you know, Watson had two drops. He, he, he started the season on the first play on, from offense on offense for the Packers this season. He dropped a surefire touchdown. Yeah. And then he bomb. started this game on the opening drive with two drops. Uh, but Rogers told him, uh, I'm sticking with you. I'm I'm coming back to you. Be ready. And he ends up catching four balls for 107 yards and three touchdowns. So it uh, looks like he does have that confidence. And as long as he can keep it, uh, there's a lot of upside there. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, just a- Aaron this- Jones does Aaron Jones things. AJ Dillon yeah. gets in on the act a little bit. Um, but really, it's just, you know, it's, it's kind of uh, more of the same there in, in the backfield with uh, Green Bay. Yeah, and uh, on the other side, Tony Pollard, you know, continues to look like an RB1 when there is no Zeke. Um, So we'll see when Zeke comes back. They play Minnesota this coming week. Uh, I'm sure people who have Pollard, uh, whether you have Pollard and Zeke or just Pollard, like you want want to just see Pollard, you know, as long as you can. Because when Zeke comes Mm -hmm. back, you know he's going to get right back in the mix. He's going to take away some goal line looks, and it's going to be 
I mean, both guys, you'll be able to continue to play, but you won't expect RB1 numbers out of Tony Pollard once Zeke is back for sure. No, but yeah, I mean, he's just so good on a per-touch basis too that he'll still be, I would say, at least uh, low-end RB2 even with Zeke back in the picture. Yeah. Uh, And then the passing game looked pretty good. Um, I mean, Dak did throw a couple picks, but also three touchdowns. Second uh, game in a row where Dak has accounted for three touchdowns. And CeeDee Lamb, uh, best game of the season for him. 11 catches, 150 yards, two touchdowns. You know, he had he hasn't been bad this year, but he had just sort of been like a high floor, low ceiling guy uh, with uh, Cooper Rush at quarterback. And now mm-hmm. I think with Dak starting to get going, like this is the upside we were looking for from CeeDee Lamb. Like there's, there's a scenario where he's a top five fantasy receiver the rest of the way. Absolutely. And a lot of people thought Dalton Schultz would be a rock solid, you know, top eight or 10 tight end coming into the season. So, you know, I'm, I'm starting to look at him more like that uh, for the second half. He's definitely in my top 10 rest of the season. Like I've been, he wasn't there and I, I'm definitely moving him up into there um, for the rest of the season. I don't know if you are as well. Yeah, no, I think that's a good call. He's definitely trending up. Uh, next game, Cardinals 27, Rams 17. This was the battle of the backup quarterbacks. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, we kind of knew by 1 p.m. Eastern when uh, all the rosters lock for fantasy that um, that these guys were not going to start. So uh, being uh, Kyler Murray and Matthew Stafford. So if you were relying on Kyler Murray uh, in your 12-team, 10 or 12-team league, or if you had Stafford in a super flex league, you had an opportunity to figure out something else, uh, whether it be their direct backups or looking elsewhere. Um, you, you at least saw it coming in time to to uh react but um yeah not <laughs> i mean these these are two teams there their offenses have looked bad even when they do have their starting quarterbacks so no surprise that um this wasn't a offensive explosion although i will say the cardinals played pretty well uh you know colt mccoy is is a very solid and capable backup quarterback so uh he certainly held his own kept the offense moving kept the getting the ball in the hands of his playmakers, DeAndre Hopkins and Rondell Moore, who both went over 90 yards in this game. So uh, those guys look just fine with with Colt McCoy. I mean, I just don't think the drop-off... Like, Kyler Murray is great for fantasy, but in terms of his passing ability, like, I'm not sure he's really a better passer than Colt McCoy. I think it's pretty even uh, in that regard. So, uh, And then the other big story, I think, is, of course, James Conner, complete bell cow mode uh, now. He's back to being on the field on every down, essentially. He played, I think, 95% of the snaps in this mm-hmm. game. Um, and they actually cut Eno Benjamin after this Saw game. That. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, they are all in on James Conner uh, going forward. Well, my guy, Keontae Ingram, now the direct backup, as long as Darrell Williams is out. Um, so right. maybe, he'll, maybe he'll get a little bit of run. Hopefully it won't be 95% every week. But, yeah, we'll have to see. And the other news, uh, you know, Zach Ertz got hurt in this game. He's now out for the year. So you yeah. mentioned Hopkins, Rondell Moore. We'll see a lot more of those. These guys both had double-digit targets in this game. So we'll see a lot more of that moving forward and then the heavy dose of Connor. So, like, this one becomes pretty easy for fantasy, like, as far as which guys to start and then the rest of the guys you just, you know, kind of leave alone. I think A.J. Green had a touchdown in this game, but obviously you're not keep chasing stuff on, like uh, that. Keep an eye on Trey McBride, though. Uh, he was a second-round yeah. pick. Uh, so he has, he has a good pedigree, and uh, I think he steps right into – uh, Zach Ertz's role he, he probably won't see quite as many targets as Zach Ertz was getting so um, you know I do think it I think this is a good uh, little boost for Rondell Moore um, 
especially because uh, it sounds like um, uh, uh, Hollywood Brown is close to coming back as well. So, mm, that's true. Uh, you know, I think this could help Rondale Moore stay relevant even after Hollywood Brown comes back. But just keep an eye on McBride. I don't think he's a must add in 10 and 12 team leagues, um, but he's a guy that could emerge. Yeah, well, big injury on the other side, too, with Christian McCaffrey uh, re-injuring. I don't know if it was a re-injury of the same ankle, um, but it sounds like he's got – the MRI was clean, but he's – you know, he didn't break an ankle or anything, but he's going to – it sounds like he's going to miss a, a, at least a week or two. Um, I, as, a, as of this recording, I don't think I have anything beyond that. I don't know if you do, um, but expected to miss some time. Yeah, I don't – it's unclear how much time Cooper Cup is going to miss. Um, that's – a brutal injury. I mean, he's been one of the best players in fantasy again this season. So I've got him in one league and there's just, there's no real replacing that. I mean, Van Jefferson probably steps into a larger role in this offense, but mm-hmm. I mean, this is just such a, such a broken offense. I mean, even uh cup was literally the only guy that was producing in this offense. And now he's going to be out for a while. So uh, things are looking really dark for the Rams. I mean, uh, Kyron Williams did, um, did make his debut in this game and mm-hmm. uh most of it was late in the game but uh i expect him to sort of work into more of a committee with daryl henderson i think cam Akers is gonna uh, get increasingly phased out uh now with kyron williams uh in the fold i would agree with that and you know we mentioned last week on the waiver wire show because kyron williams i think was even up to like 40 something percent there because he was an easy ir stash well now the rams are three and six and yeah I, I just cups out I mean, this is a team trending in the wrong direction, but I think that could mean more opportunities for Kyron Williams. So I don't hate it from a fantasy fantasy perspective for a young guy who they probably will give a shot down the stretch. So definitely look at picking him up. Yeah, and I, you know, I feel gross saying this, but like you can hold your nose and play Tyler Higby because yeah, he's just going to get a lot of those targets that we're going to Cooper Cup. I mean, like Allen Robinson and Van Jefferson are both guys that are a little more, uh, you know, um, outside receivers down the field kind of guys like Higby is the one that's running a lot of those, uh, short and intermediate over the middle routes alongside cup. So, um, for a tight end, I mean, he got eight targets in this game, caught all eight of them for 73 yards. Like he could, ha- he could go back to having those kind of stat lines, uh, that he was having earlier in the year. Cause he had been sort of phased out the last month, but I think with cup out, um, there's there's going to be opportunity there for sure and then finally uh the sunday night game uh this was the 49ers 22 and the chargers 16 uh you know it's interesting elijah moore gets act or elijah moore elijah mitchell gets activated off of ir and immediately has 18 carries uh for 89 (laughs) yards while christian mccaffrey only gets 14 for 38 yards uh mccaffrey did get in the end zone but uh, this is not really what I was expecting to see. Um, Kyle Shanahan says he wants it to be pretty even going forward between those two guys. And, uh, you know, I still think McCaffrey is going to be really uh, – I mean, this game he, he couldn't get anything going on the ground. But I think for the most part – and that was shocking, honestly, too, against the Chargers. I mean, they're a terrible yeah. run defense. But um, I wouldn't read too much into one game in that regard. But it does seem like um, – you know, when McCaffrey got traded, there were people talking about how he was going to get less volume than he got with the Panthers, and that certainly looks like it's going to be true now, but uh, I still think it's going to make up for it with um, productivity and touchdowns. Yeah, and you know, a couple of those runs, I feel like the Chargers just like brought the house, especially toward the end of the game where San Francisco was kind of milking the clock and stuff, and McCaffrey had a couple 
carries that really just hurt his stat line overall. But yeah, I mean, we just could have another buy low opportunity, um, to be honest, for McCaffrey here. Uh, I, I'm, I don't think I'm going to move him off of my number one overall rest of the season uh, after a, one game like this. Uh, he's He still can have those two, three touchdown games and then the passing down you know work is there. Uh, I think it's fine if Elijah Mitchell gets mixed in and keeps him fresh. Like it's, it's it's not ideal for like the number one overall player, but I'm, you know, it's fine. I'm still going to rank him over someone like a Derrick Henry. You know what I mean? Rest of the season. Yeah, no, I agree. And I also think like it's going to be this is going to be the exception of the rule that Mitchell actually gets more touches, or yeah. or the same number. You know, he got one more touch than McCaffrey. Like that's not going to happen. I, I think it's going to be, you know, sixty forty at least in McCaffrey's favor, and he's going to be really productive on those touches. Yeah. Um, I'm sure I don't that, uh, have any thoughts really on the passing game for the, for the 49ers in this game, unless you do. Not not particularly. I mean, you know, Brandon Ayuk, week after week, we kind of talk him about, about him as sort of this wide, re- wide receiver three uh, flex option. Um, I think the more interesting thing to me is on the, you know, L.A. Chargers side. Like, Justin Herbert was a guy coming into the season that we really, you know, most people liked a lot as like a top three or five, you know, some, you know, quarterback. And he just hasn't been. And he doesn't have like the the Konami code rushing floor, like a lot of quarterbacks do. And he hasn't had his receivers, you know, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams apparently are going to start practicing this week. So we'll see when those guys come back. I'm sure Herbert misses those guys because without him, Joshua Palmer is a pretty good start. Um, DeAndre Carter had a touchdown in this game, but it's just tough. It's, it's a lot of Austin Eckler and it's hard to just trust anybody else in this offense right now without those other guys. Yeah, And and Gerald Everett left with a groin injury in this game too. So uh, that they're even more depleted now, so they really do need to get Keenan Allen and Mike Williams back uh, quickly uh, to get get this offense going again. Yep. Um, all right, and with that, I think we can wrap up the uh, recap for the week and move into the waiver wire. And as always, we are looking at players who are rostered in fifty percent or fewer of Yahoo leagues, and we'll start at quarterback as we as we always do. Um, to me, there's like two kinds of pickups. There's streamers in 10 and 12 team leagues, single QB formats, and then there's the super flex guys. And, um, you know, in terms of super flex, there's two names really for me. Uh, Carson Wentz uh, is eligible to come off IR next week hmm. and is reportedly going to get his job back. So I think he's a guy that needs to be rostered in super flex leagues. And then, of course, the same goes for Matt Ryan, who got his job back this last week. Um, you know, they both have not great matchups. I'd say Ryan's is tougher. He's at Philly this week, but, uh, Wentz will be at Houston, but honestly, the matchups don't matter in super flex. You just want to get those guys on your roster so you can, uh, start two quarterbacks, uh, at all times, even if, if one of your guys is on by. Yeah. I think the, the thing is we're recording this, you know, literally like, while <laughs> this game is still going on tonight between Washington and Philadelphia and Washington's threatening to score before halftime. So, you know, if Taylor Heineke can go into Philadelphia and win this game, I don't think you're going to get, you know, Carson Wentz right back in there. You know, that's that, that's the that's the one thing I'll say about it. Like, definitely roster him in Superflex, but I'm not I'm not sold on him just getting the job back right away. You know. Well, I just saw a report that that was the plan, but I obviously plans can change. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, I don't know what the Commanders are like. Like, what is their plan? Are they, you know, do they view Carson Wentz as like? a guy that's going to be their starter for multiple seasons. And if so, then maybe they would want to get him back in there. Um, but if they're, you know, just trying to get in, fight their way into the playoffs, um, 
if they win this game tonight, maybe they decide Heineke it gives them the better chance to do that. Yeah, but you mentioned Matt Ryan. Much. He's he's my number two uh, ad. He's eleven percent rostered. Um, actually, he's my number three um, because we talked about we talk about Mariota pretty much every week. He's thirty three percent rostered. Uh, that's no change from last week when we talked about him here in this same spot. But I wonder, is your number one Deshaun Watson? Because at thirty seven percent, he's my number one to add on the QB. You know, even though, but, but again, you obviously can't play him <laughs> yet. But if you if you can afford to, he'd be my number one ad. Yeah, I mean, he has to be the number one ad. I mean, uh, that's actually a very surprisingly low number. It just shows you people are... I think it's because people have been dealing with bye weeks and things like that. They just haven't had the roster flexibility to stash him. But if you're, you know, if you have any quarterback outside of the top six or seven guys, like Deshaun Watson could end up being an upgrade for you uh, come the fantasy playoffs. So, yeah, he, he would be my number one as well. Um and then, yeah, it's kind of a gross week just for streaming quarterbacks, I feel like. There's a few guys in the in the 60%, 60 to 65% range that I think are decent, like Jimmy Garoppolo, Daniel mm-hmm. Jones, Russell Wilson. Um, they all have good matchups, too. But uh, in terms of, like, the r- less than 50% rostered, I, it's Mariota, I think, is probably the best bet. I mean, if you need a guy for this week, um, just because he gives that rushing floor. And uh, the, he faces the Bears, who... I've given up pretty big rushing numbers to Trey Lance, Daniel Jones, and Dak Prescott this year. So, um, you know, I think Mariota is a serviceable uh, fill-in for a week. And we're looking at roster percentages, you know, here on Monday night. So I, I feel like a lot of people might be rostering two quarterbacks, too, right now, because you're yeah. right. It's it's gross right now when you when you look below 50%, but I think there's, there's a lot of guys above that, meaning people are rostering two guys. So keep an eye on who gets dropped you know, after, you know, going into this week, because someone might drop a, a player like a Russell Wilson, right? And now he has a great matchup against against Vegas. So I would keep an eye out for something like that, because I'll probably rank Russell Wilson as a top 12 quarterback this week with that matchup, to be honest. Right. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good call, especially with um, Kyler Murray and Matthew Stafford mm-hmm. being out. And then even people might have been worried about Josh Allen and just stashed another quarterback. So, yep. Um, yeah, there could just be uh some some guys that are rostered now that won't be in a couple days good call uh now who's your number one running back pickup for the week oh it's definitely Rashad White I mean he's 45 percent rostered uh even though again they don't (laughs) they don't play this week so they have a bye but I mean this is still a situation where I feel like with Fournette picking up the injury like we said this could be a changing of the guard here Uh, I think you got to take your shot and if you know especially if you're in a good position where you don't necessarily need a guy right away to play this week. I think if you need a guy to play this week, I'd pick up Isaiah Pacheco, who's 24% rostered still, which is incredible, but he's my number two. But it just kind of depends, like, do you need a guy right now um, or not? Do you uh, agree or do you have him flipped? Or do you have someone else? Uh, no, it's those two, I, I think. Um, I don't. I have them really close together, honestly. Yeah. Um, I, I actually have Pacheco ahead just because... Uh, I do think he is the starter, and I think he's going to be the starter the rest of the year, and I think it's a, a better offense, and he's got like a delicious matchup coming up against the Chargers. So um, I just feel like he's about to have that game that White just had last week, whereas White's going on by. Um, if, if Fournette's injury had been more significant, I think I would definitely take White first, but mm-hmm. um, just based on what it is now, like if, if they're both on my wire, I would – I would bid essentially the same amount for both and be happy with either. 
uh, I guess is, is what I would say. Unless yep. you need, like like you said, an immediate starter, then you definitely want to go in Pacheco's direction. Um, I also think there's some other good options, though, this week. Uh, Gus Edwards is at 49% coming out of his buy. Yep. Uh, I would anticipate, even though Kenyon Drake has uh, done well in his absence, I would I would expect Edwards to go back to being the lead back uh, for the Ravens, at least until Dobbins is back, and probably beyond that, honestly, at this point. Yeah, I would agree that uh, Gus Edwards was next on my list. He's third, and then fourth yeah, for me is Jalen. What's that? Jalen Warren. Yeah. Yep. Jalen Warren is fourth for me. He's twenty twenty seven percent rostered. So we've we've already kind of talked about him like every week, <laughs> and we talked about him earlier. And number five for me is Jarek McKinnon, who's sixteen percent rostered, also in that uh, uh, Kansas City backfield. So that's that rounds out my top five. Who's your number uh, five after Warren? Uh, well. I actually have a couple guys ahead of Warren that are in the fifty to sixty percent range. If that, oh, okay. if if it's cheating a little bit, so you're going to cheat. Brian, okay, Brian Robinson's only fifty five percent rostered, um, and he gets Houston next week, so hmm. he's going to yeah. be a really strong option for that game. I think. Uh, so I, I like him a lot. Elijah Mitchell is also only fifty eight percent rostered, and we just saw him get eighteen carries for the forty nine or so. He should definitely be more rostered than that. Um, so I just want to make sure those guys are on people's radar. Uh, and then I would go Warren after that. Uh, and I have Kyron Williams rounding out my list ahead of Jerry McKinnon. Um, I just feel like, uh, and I know you're pretty high on, on Williams as well. Yeah. So you might agree with me on that one. Uh, yeah, he's, he's next for me. I, I just see a, I see an avenue for him to uh, at least get an even timeshare with Henderson, if not even the bulk of the of the work potentially. Yeah, and Brian Robinson just found, you know, found the end zone in this game here, so... Yeah, great matchup against Houston. It's good. To, it's good to mention those guys. I won't. I'm not going to call you a cheater for for mentioning those guys. We, it's it's good to pull them in there. I would also uh, have Robinson and Elijah Mitchell uh, ahead of like kind of in between Pacheco and Gus Edwards. Um, so in that three four range, if if they're available. It also looks like Antonio Gibson just got hurt, so that would Ruh-roh. potentially make Robinson even more of a must start. Oh yeah. Uh, all right, wide receiver. Well, that also might make, might make JD McKissick a pickup if he's if he's healthy enough to come back. Yeah, good call. Uh, anyway, <laughs> speculative. Um, <laughs> wide receiver. I uh, to me, it has to start with Christian Watson, and he's only nine yeah. percent rostered. But uh, I just feel like he's got clear opportunity and clear talent, and uh, it's the Packers. So they're still uh, they've been frustrating all year, but there's still a lot of upside in this offense. Absolutely. Like after a performance like this, I mean, I just, it takes me back to like, uh, you know, like that Miles Austin game for Dallas when he came, it was like middle of the year. These, these types of performances happen and you got to jump on it, whether it's week one or two, if it's middle of the year. Um, now, whether you need a receiver or not, I think you got to spend up most of your fab to probably get a guy like Watson. It's week 11. Like I know people want to hold out toward the end and stuff and save some dollars, but you know, Watson could be a guy that, you know, really does it for you the rest of the season. So I'd go ahead, definitely top priority, use that top waiver wire ad. Um, or Would you prioritize him over those top running backs we were talking about, or does it come down to need? Yeah, it definitely comes down to need. I think I'm I'm almost always more of a running back guy, to be honest. So like, I probably wouldn't prioritize him over White and Pacheco. Not for me. Yeah, I, I hear that. But I do think it really comes down to need. Yeah. Um. And then who did who who do you have after White or after Watson? I've got Donovan Peoples Jones, baby. 
Oh yeah, thirty five percent. He um he was twenty one percent when we talked about him a week ago. So he's he's moved up. A lot of people probably plugged him into their flex. Um, I did in a couple leagues, uh, one of which is Scott Fishbowl, which I've had him all year. Um, and he's been productive for me. And uh, yeah, he's number two for me. I don't know how high he is for you, but to me, this is more like about the running backs this week, and the receivers are some of the more of the same, and then like sort of the Kansas City guys. Yeah, I have Peoples Jones third. Um, my 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 main hesitation with him is just that he's at Buffalo this week, which is a tough matchup, and mm-hmm. then he only has one more week before Deshaun Watson comes in, and, and I just don't know. Like he has a good rapport with Jacoby Brissett, and I just don't know exactly right. how that will translate. But he should definitely be uh, much more rostered than he is at this point. I do have Kadarius Tony ahead of him, and I do it with a little bit of trepidation. Mm-hmm. But uh, just the fact that Juju could miss a game or two, the fact that Hardman's injury is totally up in the air, uh, I, there's just a lot of opportunity for Tony to step right in and play a big role in one of the best offenses in the league and he's got a ton of talent still so um i just think he's got a lot more upside than donovan people's jones donovan people's jones has a, a higher floor but um tony is the upside pick yep. beyond watson is the number one upside pick but tony is the number two upside pick yep and i have i have tony number three uh number four for me uh, this is more of a short-term uh, plug-and-play. I know I just got done talking about Keenan Allen and Mike Williams coming back, but I'm just still going to say DeAndre Carter at 30%. He faces Kansas City this week on Sunday Night Football, then plays at Arizona and at Las Vegas. Now, if if Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are both back this week, then this really is a bummer, but I also don't think you're going to have to like spend a whole lot to get him. So uh, I just think he's a good plug-and-play guy. We saw him get a touchdown this last week, so... I just kind of like him as a as a fill in if you need someone for just like a week or maybe two. Yeah, I just wonder if like if either of Allen or Williams come back, does that ruin DeAndre Carter? You know, because like I still think Josh Palmer will probably play ahead of him. So yeah, um, but you know, three wide sets, he could still make a dent. Uh, I like Paris Campbell next. Um, yep. As I mentioned, three straight games with at least 70 yards and a touchdown when Matt Ryan's been the quarterback. I don't like the matchup, Philadelphia, but the uh, commanders seem to be doing all right against them tonight. So (laughs) it can be done. (laughs) If Taylor Taylor Heineke can do it, then maybe Matt Ryan can as well. Um, So I like Campbell. I think he's definitely trending up uh, in a significant way. And then I would round out my top five with Darius Slayton, who gets Mm. the Lions. And as I mentioned... Uh, he's got at least 58 receiving yards in three straight games and in four of his last five games and a touchdown in two of his last three games as well. So um, I have Wando Robinson right there as well. They're like kind of back-to-back to me, but I think I would prioritize Slayton over Robinson at this point just based on recent form. Interesting. Okay, well, um, next on my list, I didn't have Slayton that high. I did have Paris Campbell, but I have Marquez Valdez-Scantling as well, who's 41% for the similar reasons that you mentioned for Tony, Tony definitely has more upside, but like you said, like what if Juju's out for a prolonged period? I mean, that was a really nasty hit. Um, so we'll, we'll have to wait and see what happens there. And then same with Michael Hardman, like maybe it's a one week thing. Maybe it's more like sometimes these guys hit the IR. Uh, so we'll have to just wait and see. So I think just speculatively, I think MVS is a nice, nice pickup after the first four or five guys we've been talking about. Okay. I can see that. Um, other guys I like, Michael Gallup, uh, it hasn't really happened yet for him, but uh, that whole passing game is trending up, and I think if that's the case, like Gallup's going to have a big game sooner or later. Mm-hmm. And that at Minnesota, that could be 
uh, a bit of a shootout. So I like the matchup for him as well. Traylon Burks would be next after that for me. I like I still think he's the best receiver uh, in Tennessee, and a breakout is still possible uh, for yeah. him. So, um, you know, it's speculative. He, he's not a guy you pick up and put right into your starting lineup, but if you have room to stash somebody, I feel like he is is a, a, a interesting prospect to uh, stash away. And this might be the last week we can talk about Odell Beckham Jr. So mm-hmm. last week he was... 23% rostered and now he is 47%. So he's he quickly, you know, doubled there and he's going to be up above 50% here pretty soon. Um definitely with that the way that's trending and people adding him, you know, he's he's seemingly healthy, maybe get added to a team soon. So I think OBJ it's now or never to probably pick him up uh for close to free in some leagues even still. So yeah, he's next yeah, he's, I, he's there. It's it's so weird though that he said he's not even going to sign until after Thanksgiving. So <laughs> It's like he keeps pushing things back and back. And there was a report, like he said he'd be ready in November, but there was like a report that teams were thinking he wasn't actually going to be ready till December. Yeah. And it now looks like he's not he's not going to play meaningful snaps for anybody until mid-December. So he is purely like a fantasy playoffs option, I think, at this point. Um, yeah. But we're, we're, if you're getting, in a position to make the yeah. playoffs and you have a bench spot, like the upside is definitely there. Right, like we, you know, talking about guys like Deshaun Watson, who's still a couple weeks away. I mean, we didn't talk about J.K. Dobbins. I know we, it's a sore subject with him, but there, there are certain guys where, depending on where you are, if you're, you know, in a really good spot, already thinking about fantasy playoffs, these are the guys you want to at least just start thinking about and potentially adding, depending on how deep your bench is. Yeah, especially if you're like through your bye weeks and you don't have to. Like, there's no reason to stash guys like. Donovan Peoples-Jones and, and Darius Slayton if you don't need to start them, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. If, if if you don't need to start them, pick up a guy with more upside, um, like yep. an OBJ or a Traylon Burks. Um, and then just a few other names to consider. Van Jefferson with mm-hmm. Cooper Cup expected to miss time. Like, he's going to get a lot of playing time. We'll see what he can do with it. Nico Collins, I mentioned, I prefer him over Brandon Cooks, I think, at this point. And then Jarvis Landy, uh, who we talked about as well as a – yeah. Potential wide receiver three if uh, if Jameis gets back in there. Well, another guy I have real quick before that some of those guys you just named toward the end is Elijah Moore. So Elijah Moore before the bye mm-hmm. week, you know, this, his coach was there talking about how they'll try to utilize him in the slot a little bit more, and he's twenty seven percent rostered. So who knows? Maybe second half Elijah Moore uh, will be a thing like uh, like Brandon Ayuk was last year, and we, we've seen some things like this happen before coming out of the bye week. So a speculative add and leave on your bench, not a plug and play back in, but. Uh, yeah, Elijah Moore. That's a good one. I missed that. I would actually take him over those guys I mentioned as well. Um, okay. I, I I have Elijah Moore stashed uh, a couple places, so uh, I, I was uh, holding him even through the bye week. Yeah, people forget um, about those guys coming back off the buys. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> All right, tight end. Uh, Cole Komet's 59% rostered, so we'll just throw that out there, but he would be the number one. Add if he's available. After that, I think there's a bit of a drop off. But uh, who who would be your top pick beyond Komet? Um, yeah, there's a there's a bit of a drop off after him. But for me, it's Hayden Hurst, forty eight percent. So still under that fifty percent threshold. Again, coming off the buy, so a lot of people dropped him, and uh, we don't know when Jamar Chase is coming back. So he's he's still know, he's, on crutches apparently. Right. So he's he's not healing up as fast as they thought he would. Right. He's not some I mean some superhuman who just heals better. Um, right. <laughs> so yeah, Hayden Hurst for me. Uh, who's your number one or two or whatever? 
Uh, for me, it's Foster Moreau. I just like that he's walking right into that really consistent role in that in that Raiders uh, offense, and they just need him. They need yeah. pass catchers. They need healthy bodies. They have a bad defense, so they're going to be in a lot of negative game script. And I just think I'm not sure Darren Waller's coming back at all this season. They're two and seven. Mm-hmm. Waller just never seems to be healthy. Like it could just be a lost year for him again, which he's had several of already. So I think Moreau's a very stable, like low end tight end one, high end tight end two type. Uh, I'm also very intrigued by Isaiah Likely, um, yeah. who, you know, Mark Andrews should be back coming out of the bye, but uh, their receiver core is, is not that impressive with Rashad Bateman done for the year. Uh, Devin Duvernay is not really a true number one receiver, and they don't really have anyone else that would be. Um, so I actually could see likely i mean he can basically play wide receiver so i could see a lot of whether you want to call it two tight end sets or whatever you call it i could see likely and mark andrews running a lot of pass routes together and likely um getting getting a a decent number of looks in baltimore yeah me too those are the next two on my list too i had foster moreau and isaiah likely after hayden hurst Uh, both guys are kind of around 20 percent rostered so these are guys who are you know very available um after that for me just to round out a couple more uh, if you need a guy, and Andy Dalton is still the starter, Jawan Johnson is 12% rostered. He's been really good. Uh, he's he's scored a lot. He's getting a lot of looks. Um, if they switch to Jameis, you know, maybe I'd have to go back and look at the snaps, you know, and uh, maybe it's a little bit different than, and you mentioned a guy, Trey McBride, uh, who's 0% rostered. More of a speculative ad, but he might go right in there. Whereas, you know, when Zach Ertz lost for the season, I'm definitely going to move Trey McBride up quite a bit rest of the season, just speculatively, you know? Yeah, those would be my other two to look at as well. So we're in agreement there. Cool. Uh, Defenses. Uh, I I think the Jets' defense is really good. And uh, people might have forgotten about them over the bye. They're only 20% rostered. Uh, They're going at New England. It's going to be a really important game for the Jets to to win that game. Tough matchup in terms of winning the game, but not a tough matchup for the defense, really. I mean – uh, Mac Jones has just not played great football this season at all. So uh, I, I'm not afraid of that matchup at all uh, for the Jets D. Uh, they've got a real shutdown passing uh, pass defense. So I don't I don't think the Patriots are going to get much going at all through the air. It's just going to be Ramondre Stevenson or bust for them. So I, I, uh, I think the Jets are my number one pickup this week. Oh, that's a good call. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to cheat a little bit here, too, and just point out that the Ravens are 67% rostered. Now, this is a onesie position, and they're coming off their bye. So, you know, a lot of people will, will add and drop defenses and streams. So they're playing against Baker and the Panthers. Uh, they're a double-digit favorite at home, coming off a bye, all yeah. that. So, you know. They're definitely I, number one if they're available. Yeah, sure. For sure. If they happen to be available. So I just wanted to point that out. But I like the call with the Jets. Um, so you gave me you gave me guff for cheating, and then you bring up I the did. Ravens day sixty seven percent. I cheated even just... even worse. I won up you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, right. I'll, I'll let it go. <laughs> I think after that, I might go. I might go Green Bay. I know they're getting banged up on the defensive side of the ball, but the quick turnaround Thursday night football against the Titans, uh, they're forty three percent. So I kind of like the Titans have just seemingly been in a lot of low scoring games. So I just like this one to be low scoring for them to focus on stopping Derrick Henry. And maybe the Titans have a hard time scoring more than 10 points at a cold Lambeau field. Yeah, I don't expect the Titans to light it up, but I also don't think they'll turn it over too much. And that Green yeah. Bay defense has been kind of meh this season. Um, 
I I have a couple ahead of them. I'll go with Cincinnati at Pittsburgh and yep. Washington at Houston. Both just very good matchups. And, uh, you know, the Commanders are not thought of as a great defense, but they've been getting a bit better as the season's gone along, and they should get Chase Young back soon, possibly next week. So, mm-hmm. uh, But mostly I just like betting against the Texans' uh, offense at this point. And then same thing with the Steelers. I mean, it's just been – tough with Kenny Pickett I I think uh Cincinnati should should have a reasonably easy time even though they will be on the road yep Bengals were the other one for me that I was wanting to highlight so I agree with you on Cincinnati for sure all right and kickers do you have any this week you know I don't but you go ahead (laughs) well I'll just say I'll take either kicker in that uh Jets Patriots game I feel like that should be a field goal fest and yeah uh, I'd go with Nick Folk first they're at home he has nine field goals in his last two games <laughs> um so that's pretty good but greg zerline's actually been a, a good sneaky good fantasy kicker all year as well so uh, i'd be fine starting either of those two guys and then as a third one i'll look at robbie gould 48 percent rostered at arizona um 49ers are a uh, a pretty strong offense at this point um so should be should be plenty of uh opportunities for field goals and extra points for him as well all right well people hung in there to the end they got their kicker fix <laughs> exactly <laughs> all right well thank you all so much for listening uh and we will have our updated rest of season rankings up at rosrankings.com later this week we'll also have bart's and my uh week 11 rankings up on the site we will be previewing week 11 on the pod uh on wednesday nights uh, so keep an eye or ear out for that as well. Uh, if you have any waiver wire questions before uh, the end of the day on Tuesday, feel free to shoot us a message on Twitter. I am at Andrew underscore Seifter. And I am at Barton Wheeler. We appreciate everyone listening to the podcast. If you like the show, please follow, subscribe, rate, and review. We are out of here. We gone. You've been listening to the Rest of Season Rankings Podcast. Go to www.rosrankings.com for more.